All right, welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am your host, the vet, old man of the crew, Dwight Senior. Yes, I have a junior at 517-2214. Joined again with my illustrious co-host, Young Prodigy. My, um, man, we got to come up with a better duo because we can't even say Luca and KP no more. <laughs> but right right my co-host the young prodigy the brains behind the operation my homie young sj at sj basketball eight how are you feeling today i'm feeling good feeling good um trade deadline has passed um it's great because now i can go back to being actually productive <laughs> um, this whole week i really got work done because you know we're all kind of wrapped up in you know the trade deadline nonsense but you know it's, it's here it was here it's passed and now we can move on to you know the end of the season and whatnot yeah my uh my productivity hit the i think as soon as that norm pile trade got announced I, it was a wrap for me working for this week and, and you know as soon as the kp trade hit which we'll obviously get into it is a wrap like i seriously will take the uh i'm gonna take pto moving forward because i was cooked i was cooked this whole week (laughs) but anyway y'all this episode is uh we're, we're not gonna talk about any i guess we'll touch on our son dropping 51 on them boys heads last night but we just going to talk about trades and give our two cents on the trades that happened. Um, I'll be honest, this trade deadline was a lot more eventful than I thought it would be. Uh, mm. I thought this summer would be really, really eventful. I thought that's when players would start moving. But you saw a lot of, you know, I think the amount of cap space that existed this summer doubled. And the teams that had it doubled just with the moves that were made. So that was interesting. And we also, you know, a lot of, we had a lot of traction. We had a lot of, um, we had superstar trades. We had role player trades. We had whatever the hell the Mavericks did yesterday trades. It was, it was interesting. So the first joint we're going to get into, um, the big one, I think it's, I feel like this is like the craziest trade I've seen in a while. It was the James Harden, Ben Simmons, and stuff trade. Uh, yeah. yeah, just so, I mean, pretty much anybody that's listening to this knows what the trade was. It was Ben Simmons, two first-round picks, uh, Andre Drummond, and Seth Curry. And it was just for Harden straight up, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just Harden. No one else came back. Yeah, no one else came back, and... Uh, I guess I'll go first. That feels like a lot. Um, because, I mean, Harden is giving you like 22, 10, and 8. But he ain't really playing defense like that at all, really. And he I don't know if he was tanking it because he don't want to be there. You know how Harden like to get down. But that just feels like a whole lot of stuff for James Harden at 32 years old plus you got to give him like 47 M's next year and maybe you even got to give him like 50 M's moving forward the year after that 
So to me, my take on that trade is it feels like a lot, even though I know, I mean, just dropping James Harden on your roster and only sending out, I guess, Andre Drummond and Seth Curry don't feel like a whole, whole lot. But as far as what was actually on the court for the Sixers, but as far as from an asset play, like two first-round picks, like the Nets, I feel like they gave up a whole lot for James Harden. Like they did. I don't feel like they did. But I don't know, brother. With them getting them two first-round picks, I feel like they can recoup a lot of that value. Man. I feel like the Nets won the trade. I don't even know if James Harden and Joe Embiid is going to be like this super special fit once you delete out Seth Curry and they don't have a backup big. But I feel like the Nets won the trade, but at the same time, the Sixers had to do something. Uh, like I've been saying on this pod last few weeks, Bro, if you just don't, if you take the Ben Simmons saga into the summer, the basketball guys will curse you for wasting a, a year of Joe Embiid's prime. And uh, they didn't. They did what they needed to do to do what they needed to do. So uh, I understand why they did it, but I still feel like I got fooled by the, by the nuts. What do you think, young guys? Sir? Well, I think it's weird because... Maury was going to get hardened regardless. <laughs> like, yeah. from all the reports, it says, like, basically that um, this was a long time coming. And they have been talking about it for a little bit since, like, before February. So, like, I mean, is it a lot for Harden? I guess in a vacuum, like you said, his production, like, on paper, counting stats look okay. But, you know, on the court, he's not playing defense. He's not doing this. But, like... We saw him quit in Houston, you know, and as soon as he got to Brooklyn, he was playing well. And it's kind of the same vibe. You know, that last game that he played for the Nets, he looked horrible. He was not giving any effort. He quit. And I'm sure his first game in Philly, he's going to probably play really well. And it's going to be like, oh, y'all said he was washed. And you know how it goes. But I don't know. I just think to me, the Nets, like, if we're talking about who, like, wins the trade or whatever, I just say the Nets just because even before, like, they made the trade, there were championship contenders. And after, there's still championship contenders. Philly, you can say they probably elevated to, like, true contender status. But they're to me, they're still not better than the Nets. They're not better than Milwaukee. Even Miami, I'd probably take Miami over them. So it's like okay you got Harden great but like are you really gonna win we don't know and I mean he opted in to his player option as a part of the um the I guess the their deal for trading for him so he'll be there next year but it's like I just don't know I'm Harden to me he like there's no way you're a superstar and you're getting traded two deadlines in a row. That's awful. <laughs> like people talk about, oh, well, LeBron did it. LeBron has never done this, bro. LeBron has left in free agency. You know, even KD, when people talk about what KD did, he left in free agency. Like Harden is forcing his way out of teams. Like he's at the deadline, no less. Like it's not even like in the, it's the offseason. It's at the deadline. Like this is crazy. So, I mean... The Nets, I'm very intrigued to see how it looks on their part. You know, we haven't seen Ben in months, you know, and he's probably going to come back motivated. So I'm, I'm, I, from a fan perspective, this is exciting to actually see 
but um if I was a like a Philly fan I mean on the surface you're happy you move Ben Simmons for a guy better than Ben Simmons um when people were telling you that you weren't going to get someone you know you weren't going to get anything great of value so you know good for you in that aspect but I mean if if they believe Embiid is that guy I guess they're happy regardless so you know uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. One thing I know is that the East, like playoff brackets, is going to be fire. And the funny thing is, I thought this last year, but I kind of overrated it a bit. I thought the East playoffs, especially the second round, was going to be like far better than the West. And I, it probably was, but I definitely overrated it. But this year, I don't think I am. I think this year, like especially the semifinals, is going to be flames bro this is gonna be flames Dude, you, you really you really think about it every i mean that's seven you know one versus eight and two versus seven that's gonna be mid um because toronto is cute but they not you know what i'm saying they if they really if it really come down to the get down they're not really gonna be there and I know Toronto was not there now, but the Nets not about to stay there. They're not going to stay in the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Toronto probably going to get pushed down. And I think they, but even them, that's still, they're not getting packed up. They're not getting swept, right? Exactly. But after that, you got, and whoever ends up in the AC comes out of that AC slash playing mixes. Then I don't even care. Like the Hawks, they I'm sorry. I know they won some games recently, but they fraudulent. They can't stop nobody. Oh yeah, I don't I don't believe in them. Yeah, so whatever happens with the rest of them teams, like even the first round, the semis, like the East as a fan of the game of basketball, I'm so excited to watch that shit. Like I'm exactly. I'm over the moon to watch it. I almost wish you could hit fast forward because I, I really, 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 really want to watch it. Cause I, I really you know how the world is today with these high takes. Them shit's gonna be flying. Cause I still think the Bucks are if you put a gun in my head and especially after the trades we're going to discuss, I still think the Bucks are getting out the east, but would it totally shock me if they got packed up in the first round? Nope. Not at the all. Bucks? Wow. The Bucks. It wouldn't if they end up in the three seed and they play the Nets. Are you really blown away okay, if the Nets well, popped them? Well, if it's okay. Well, if it's that matchup, fine. Even if even Toronto should kind of have them shaking in their boots a bit. Yeah, so. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it's it's not a crazy take. It's not yeah. it's not a crazy take. It's not crazy. And, and it's and then and the the other thing of it that would be just so crazy is like then the Bucks are the defending champs, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. But the team that plays them in the sixth seed, if they're the third seed, it would not be crazy if that team is just better than them. So it, it's it's going to be wild, man. I, I really love, if you really love basketball, if you really love the NBA, you got to appreciate the drama you're going to see in the East. The Eastern oh, Conference yeah. is wild. But, um... I guess moving on to the next trade. <sighs> We're going to save our, our Mavs trade for last, even though I do think it was the biggest, in my opinion, I think it was the biggest trade. Do you agree? I think it was the biggest trade next to Harden and Powell and all that. Mm, like on deadline day? Yeah, on deadline day. 
Yeah, I, I, I could, yeah. um, yeah. But I, I guess we'll get into the trade. That I, I don't know, is, is this technically even deadline day? I guess CJ and basically CJ going to New Orleans for some, essentially some fluff, man. I, mm-hmm. I don't, like, it's Josh Hart in mid. That, that I don't I don't I hate to say it like that, but that was really the just yeah, the trade if we if we yeah. keeping it tall. Um I like Josh Hart a lot. I think Josh Hart is a really high value role player. Um with all that being said, I'm not about to lie to myself and act like Josh Hart is a appropriate talent exchange for CJ. Hmm. Yeah, but here's the thing. I never thought I, I felt like like Twitter was probably overrating like CJ's value. I agree. Like seriously. Like I definitely when, agree. Yeah, when people were talking about the oh Ben Simmons for like CJ trade, granted, I mean Maury had his you know greater plan all along, but that wasn't even close to being on the table, you know, like it was just you know fans, like I said, talking. But I don't think CJ had that great of a value around the league, like realistically. So I know people were clowning like the Blazers for what they got back, but like I don't think they were just like create like better deals, like or at least like significantly better deals, like on the table that the Blazers just passed on. Like CJ is thirty, and he's he's the guy that he picks up a lot of injuries, like the last couple. And the funny thing is he this isn't something that had plagued him his entire career. It's just like the last few seasons, um, yeah. he's been plagued with injuries and the league is very much a, what have you, you know, done for me lately type of thing. And it's not even just like, he's banged up. Like he, well, what was it? The last season? What was it? Um, that he, broke, took he, broke his, he broke his foot. His foot, right? Yeah. yeah. Broken foot. Um, we're talking about, um, in the bubble, didn't he have like broken ribs or something like that? And, yeah. um, we going back to like this season he had a collapsed lung like these are these are like kind of like significant injuries and um he's he's a good scorer but he don't play no defense and it's just like third a 30 year old on a 30 million dollar contract it's like at that point he's i won't say he's a negative asset but he's he's not someone that's gonna get you a lot you know, so people were saying, oh, my God, they only got one first round pick and all that. I thought the trade was like, OK, value, honestly. And I mean, Portland, I've been begging them to, you know, sell. So they did just that. And they're committed to, you know, rebuilding, retooling the roster in the summer. And I mean, people have been saying, granted, they have like fake cap space like we had last year. <laughs> Right. Where if like they have the money if they you know do this and you know, strip it down to yeah. yeah so I mean I did I Portland isn't uh like a free agent type place but um yeah I just think this is just something that they needed to do yeah I think um. Like, I, I'll be honest, I thought CJ was going to be available for just match. If you just, if you sent enough expirings to take CJ off Portland's hands, I felt like you were going to be able to get him. Um, I, I was actually shocked at how much they actually got for him. 
because they did get Josh Hart is good and he's on a good contract. Exactly. And they got a first. They got a like I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I don't know if Josh Hart isn't better than Dorian Finney Smith. At worst, they're comparable and Dorian's a little better. It's kind of hard to compare because they play they're both role players, but they both do things different ways. But the point I'm trying to make is if Dorian was worth a late lottery pick, I feel like Josh Hart was too, maybe even more so because he was actually he he's on a contract where he's making like twelve million dollars a year. And there are a bunch of non-guarantees in there. Oh, I didn't even know. I didn't even know about the guarantees. So I see yeah, that. I think it's like completely like non-guaranteed for like the next couple of years. It's like a weird, very weird deal. Yeah. And to me, I just see that and people are like, Josh Hart for CJ? That's it? And I'm like, dog, no. That I actually think that was really, really, really decent. I think they did got really good value for CJ. Because like you, because like you said, CJ, like, and I know some dude jumped in my mentions, like, how can you compare CJ's injury history to KP? Because they've missed about the the same amount of games the last two years. And CJ broke his foot after he got back from his broken foot. He played, and then this year, he uh he punctured his lung. Like he just on a, I think he like set a screen or somebody set a screen on him. It was. It was a basketball activity that punctured his lung. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of wild. I know those are, are freak yeah. injuries, but like Buddy turns 31 here in a couple months and he make more money than KP and quiet has kept. This is the worst season from a stat standpoint that CJ has had in like three, four years. So you could argue that he already declined and that money keep going up. Exactly. I'm actually shocked that they got what they got for him because I feel like Josh Hart to be flippable for another first. Hell, they could have. I don't know what Portland's long term plan is, but they keep saying they're gonna rebuild around Dame, and that's what the public face is. But I don't buy that shit at all. I think Dame is playing on a different team by opening day twenty twenty two. But that's just my opinion. Where's Where's Dame going? Is he going to 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 New York? Because you would have thought Philly, but they got hardened, and yeah. you know that's that. So I only see like it's maybe coming to like, Dallas. Trust. Okay. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Playing. But yeah, I don't know. But I mean, on New in New Orleans, on New Orleans side of things, they are they want that ten seed, and it's crazy to see. Loki, a lot of moves were made to get a plane push, like we saw that with the Kings, what they did, and we'll talk about that too in a little bit. But, um, yeah, you probably said the Porzingis trade was the second biggest. I would say the DeMontis trade was probably the second biggest. No, but, you're right. Um, but for, yeah, the Pelican side of it, they're making a push for that 10 seed. And, I mean, they're damn close. And, um, you know, with Zion not playing, they're actually in, you know, the 10th spot. Yeah, they, they in it, yeah. Yeah, and Zion isn't even back yet. And, I mean, that's a testament to Willie Green because Ingram has missed a lot of games, too. He's been coaching his ass off. He's yeah, he has. Done very, like, really good job. And, I mean, New Orleans needed guard play. They really needed a guard play. Devontae Graham is not a starting point guard in this league. Um, hey, hey, you can say it. He stinks. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. He doesn't stink, stink but he shouldn't, he shouldn't be your, your starting ball handler slash initiator yeah hell no no. he's a six man yeah 
So, um, and Nikhil Alexander Walker, he stinks. He's the one that stinks. But I mean, he's going to, they traded him um, again, Portland traded him to the Jazz. So he will be on the Jazz. But um, I just think from their standpoint, they are, you know, obviously they highlighted their goal, which is to make the plane, even if they don't make the playoffs, it's to definitely make the plane, get some playing experience. And that's fine. You know, you have your core. Then the day, um, that's one thing where that's where the you know the um process sixers that's kind of where they um I mean granted they had all those picks they only hit on like a couple but like you can't just tank 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 every year and just keep picking keep picking in the lottery like to, that's directionless even though your direction is to tank that's still directionless so they've identified their core you have Zion you know you have Ingram you know they love Herb Jones he's great you have Herb Jones that's like, and you know, they have Valentunas. I got, they really like over there too. You have your core. There's no need to be like aiming for like a top five pick in this scenario. So to me, I agree with their position in not trying to be bad um, to get another high pick. Like you don't need that at this point. You have your core. You need to start building around the core. So, I mean, getting CJ, uh, they probably could have you know, done better if they stayed a little patient. But like I said, they're not trying to be patient. So in terms of their shit goal for, you know, making a plane push and getting better guard play, they hit on those goals. So we could say, honestly, the trade was a success for them. And not only did they get CJ, but they got a, um, they got Larry Nance, who did have to get surgery. So he won't play right away. But still, that's another um, 3D wing that you can kind of bring their probably probably bring him off the bench so that's someone that could come off the bench and play productive minutes for you they got Tony Snell I mean he's not gonna do much but he's gonna shoot the ball <laughs> so like that's another shooter that they had I think they got maybe somebody else um I'm not sure but uh, oh no Nikhil Alexander Walker oh no they yeah but um all in all they got better and that was the goal so I can say that they did a you know, decent job with this trade. And I'm intrigued to see what happens with Zion. There was an update yesterday, but I didn't get to read the full thing. I just saw that he was still in Oregon. That's all I saw. But um, hopefully he can come back this season and he'll come back motivated and wanting to play because, you know, there's still a room, you know, murmurs about him wanting to leave and not really wanting to commit to New Orleans long-term. But all I can say is regardless of whatever happens there, Ingram, deserves his flowers as well for you know being a leader and um stepping up and he's hooping you know he's he's improved pretty much all facets of his game his playmaking took a step this year and i don't mean to cut you off but he deserved that spot over Dejounte. oh yeah that's just my two cents though yeah i mean if we're if they were doing a forward for four definitely definitely but i mean you know it is what it is but um yeah, he, he's been hooping. So, I mean, even if they don't, even if Zion is wishy-washy at the end of the day, on the bright side, Zion will probably get you a fire return. So, might not be equal value, but it'll be a lot of good pieces that you could, you know, work with. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, I, 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 what they're doing is okay. I mean, math's still better. So, you know. Not worried well, from in division standpoint. Yeah, what um, how I feel about it, and you know, I 
was arguing with people about the existence of the plan when they announced it was coming back on Twitter is, dog, I like basketball. I like teams trying to win. And it ain't my damn money. So if New Orleans want to pay C.J. McCollum $33 million and to be the 10th seed, I like that. I want to watch that. I'm going to watch the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm going to make it a point to watch them, even if Zion don't come back, because I appreciate a team saying, you know what, we could stink. We can get a higher lottery pick. But they like, no, we're going to try to win. We're going to try to be a 10th seed. We're going to try to have some fun. We're going to try to cause some chaos. And I appreciate that. They probably, it's probably going to be a poor investment, but so what? It ain't my money. It ain't the people in New Orleans money. So go ahead and get CJ. And like you said, CJ, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and, and Valanciunas, that's, that's, those are four talented basketball players. That's fun mm-hmm. to watch. I want to see it. I'm here for it. They ain't going to be able to play no defense, not even a little bit, but so what? <laughs> Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like so what? That's them problems they got to deal with when they trying to when they the when they where we at. Those are problems they got to figure out. Then they just trying to make the playoffs and prove design. They're a semi competent franchise, so I salute it. I'm gonna always salute that push to be the Tennessee. I don't believe in tanking unless you don't have hope, like yeah. the net like the Knicks, but that's a different <laughs> conversation. Um, yep. On the topic of making pushes for 10 seeds, we have the DeMontis Sabonis trade. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to let you lead with this one yeah. because this one was probably the, uh, you were right, you know, I, it's as much as I love the Mavericks, it's hard for me to look at the NBA without looking at them through the prism of how does this impact the Mavs. But this was definitely the most, I don't, does this happen on trade deadline? When did this happen? Was this early in the morning? I don't remember. It was, I think it was early in the morning on trade or okay. the day before trade. No, it was on trade deadline day. Dude, the, the KP trade broke my brain, so I don't even remember. I don't remember when it happened, but... I think it was earlier. It was just yeah, okay. earlier. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Please, what, what, what's your thoughts on the, the Sabonis well, trade? I was stunned i was stunned because i remember i yeah it had to be on trade deadline day i think i was in um i was in class and i remember i kept refreshing um i was on my computer and i kept refreshing and like looking at my phone and nothing was coming in and i noticed every time i put my phone down and like stopped paying attention to it for like a minute a trade would come in so i was like let me try that and I did it. And that was the Sabonis trade. And I remember I I was just shocked because I was at first it was like, oh, my God, like the Pacers did it. They traded Sabonis. And then I saw Halliburton's name and I was like, wait, 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 wait. What? Like, yeah, I was like, hold up. Halliburton? Like they traded Halliburton? And I mean, at first, I my knee jerk reaction was to call it, you know, a disaster trade for the Kings. Like, you know, I was saying that the Kings need to be, you know, <laughs> you know, relegated to somewhere else. Like, I was, I was, you know, upset for them because I was like, wow, Halliburton. But I mean, looking like, obviously taking out the initial like shock and feelings about it. I mean, I get it. Like for all the reasons that you just said about trying to make a push for you know the plane and not picking in the lottery every single year like the kings they have not made the playoffs in like 16 years like Mm -hmm. i don't even know how long like it's been so long and they have been picking the lottery picking the lottery and they've missed and hit 
missed and hit and it's just um they were really directionless for a while and people this this was the year where they probably should have been like firmly in the playing mix but they still weren't and you're like damn what is wrong in Sacramento and I mean Darren Foss has had a you know down year um some a lot of their guys um has had down years I know Harrison Barnes he started a season crazy and he like you know came back down to earth Rashawn Holmes he's having a you know a down year compared to last year and it's like damn what do you do at this point and I mean the reports they were interested in Sabonis um but I mean by all accounts they wanted him real bad and it's like damn you traded probably the one guy in my opinion at least that probably shouldn't have been traded in Halliburton like I know the initial report was that they offered Fox first and um you know Indiana was interested in Fox but like I just I just I'm not saying Halliburton is better than Fox right now because I don't think I can say that but I just like Halliburton's skill as a like a ball handler on my team more if that makes sense like I just like his skills more especially if you're thinking about putting him alongside you know complementary pieces like Halliburton is nowhere close to being a number one option he's probably not a number two option either but in terms of just like a guard or at least a star guard I think he can be a star um I just like his skills more he can shoot the ball he's just extremely efficient just really efficient he's not turning the ball over a lot he's a really good defender like he just has a lot of tools that I like and he's 21 and then you trade him for like Sabonis and it's Sabonis better than him right now yes but is he is he really the best player on a 17 win team is he I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm giving him a bit no, but I, I know what you mean. If I say he's better, I'm not talking about like some significantly better or anything, just to give him a respect as a two-time, you know, all-star. Like, like, a, like Andre Drummond was at 24? I'm sorry. I just, I saw that point a lot on the timeline. And I'm like, so was Andre Drummond. So that don't move mm-hmm. me. That don't but, move but, me. Yeah, but I mean, I am not a huge Savonis fan anymore. Like I've soured on him. I've, I've talked about all my feelings towards him. And I mean, in his debut, I mean, he looked okay for them. You know, I watched that game or part of that game and he had like, what, 22, 14 and like five. And it looked, it looked decent. I can't like on offense, at least it looked, I mean, Grant, I never had, I never thought there would be any offensive issues. You know what I mean? Like Sabonis is a great passer. I don't like his off ball value, but, you know, playing him like the way how Gentry was using him, I like that. You know, Gentry is a great offensive mind. I knew that wasn't going to be an issue there. It was the defense. And then when I was watching it, it was a layup line, bro. <laughs> like, you could score at will on them. And, I mean, they'll cross that bridge when they get there, and they clearly don't care. I mean, their defense was bad anyway. So they're just like, hey, let's get better offensively. You know, screw the defense. And I could I get that. But, like, I just don't know. I just think Sabonis, like, is he going to stay there long term? You know, I think he's a free agent soon, you know, in a couple of years. He's on a very value contract, you know, compared to his, um, I guess, compared to the accolade, accolades he has or whatever. So do you think he's going to stay in Sacramento? You know, you gave up an asset like Tyrese Halliburton. You know, do, do you really think Sabonis is going to commit to y'all? I mean, especially if y'all don't really 
make anything shake you know over these next two years because realistically let's say they even beat out um the pelicans for that 10 seed because i think the 10 seed is up for grabs um and it's right now it's gonna be between the kings and the pelicans probably so um in that case let's say they do beat out the pelicans for that 10 seed they're not making the playoffs. They're not beating. I don't see them really beating anyone. Even if they do miraculously make the playoffs, they're getting swept by Phoenix. You know what I mean? It's, that doesn't even sweep by Phoenix. So, like, um, that's cool. But, I mean, long-term, I just didn't like it for their long-term, like, outlook. And, I mean, Halliburton, he – I just felt so bad for him. You know, the quotes coming out, how he was in tears. He was in shock, you know. Fam, fam. Have you have you watched it? His little presser I did at the watch. practice today. Yeah, he, he was hurt. He was real. he was very hurt. Yeah, because he. I mean, remember they after the whole they um dropped out of the Ben Simmons thing. They told both Fox and Halliburton that they're committed to building around them. Like if your team is telling you, hey we're building around you and they trade you like a week later for and it's not even like it was oh i understand if they want to trade me for ben simmons they trade me for sabonis yeah. <laughs> like you know what i mean like it's like damn yeah. so um i mean it's, it's a business he's gonna learn you know he's gonna shake it off but i mean on the pacer side they're looking decent like carlisle listen carlisle got some weapons in um you know, they got Buddy Heel back. They got um Halliburton and Carlisle. I think that's going to be a nice, like, I've, Halliburton is his type of guard. And he loved Halliburton ahead of the 2020 draft. Yeah. You know, obviously he wanted the Mavs to trade up for him. So he has always liked Halliburton. So I think that's going to be real nice for them. They have Halliburton, Duarte. Um, they took a flyer on Jalen Smith. That was another um, pickup they had later that, on. That was, that was real nice. Yes, yeah, so I mean, I like what they're doing. You know, they, they're keeping Miles Turner, and he can get the role he, you know, has been envisioning being the lone big there, getting more touches. So, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be. I don't think they're gonna be like good <laughs> next season, but I don't think they're gonna stink as bad as they have this season. Especially when they probably they'll probably get. I wonder what the return for Brogdon will be in the summer because I am almost sure they're probably gonna trade Brogdon this summer. It's so gonna be, it's gonna be Spencer Dinwiddie in a first round draft pick, or <laughs> or his son Jalen Brunson. Hell no, we're not trading no Jalen Brunson for for fucking Brogdon. I just off that. Hey, 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 I don't, I don't right mind. now. Hey, 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 let's not derail. We gonna get to the mouse. Yeah, I apologize. Have, yeah. I apologize for derailing the conversation, <laughs> but yeah, man, I uh, y'all know I. How can I explain this? I have such a complicated relationship with Rick because I think Rick is a, I do think Rick is a basketball genius. I do think the game may have passed him by from an X's and O's standpoint, but Rick ain't stupid. I think Rick can recognize who can play and who can't play. And I think he, you know, the, I'm saying Rick is the GM, even though he's not the GM. I saw that report to where a reporter that's been covering the league for a while said I've never seen a coach more involved in like everything the way Rick Carlisle is and I don't think you get Rick Carlisle to go back to Indiana at this stage of his career unless especially with how bad they've been I don't think he would do something like that unless he's able to have massive 
input on roster decisions and i love i love everything rick did i really yeah, I heard him. he was really involved too yeah, like, yeah. Came out that he was pretty much all over everything they did yeah and i love everything they did because he said yeah these dudes ain't for me or what i'm trying to do so they got to go and my big thing is and this is where me and my corner of Mavs Twitter, we kind of differ. Anytime a big man puts up cute uh, counting stats, they assume this player is good and means wins. And all of them slow-footed, European, even if they ain't European, because Andre Drummond ain't European, but your Nikola Vucevic's and your DeMontis Sabonis's and your Andre Drummond's, your, uh, What's the backup center in Utah? Hassan Whiteside. It's like, man, them niggas not winning players. I don't give a damn if they putting up 20 and 10 every single night. And it, it's just, I hate it because we haven't had a good center in so long. So, so much of the discussion for Mavs players gets, or because, you know, most of my followers or most of my discussion of basketball in the timeline is through the prism of, the Mavs and I wish the Mavs had a center like that and I just don't I don't think Demonis Sabonis is good when it within the context of he can be one of my two or even three best players and I can win a championship with him and I look at someone like Tyrese Halliburton Demonis Sabonis is better from a just pure basketball talent and being effective as a basketball player at this point but I just think Tyrese Halliburton can play a, I know Tyrese Halliburton can play a big role on the championship team, and I just don't believe DeMontis Sabonis can. I don't. I don't. Um, and I think from like a roster construction standpoint, if you got a Sabonis, if you got like a Vucevic, you, you, it's almost like you got to, they're not independent. Like you have to go get this shot blocking athletic four to protect them defensively that can also get a bucket and it's like hey man how many of those players exist it's kind of like the kp conundrum that we're gonna get into later to where for you to win with them dudes you have to structure your roster in a way you got to get a shot blocking run protecting four and then you can't have shitty wings even if them dudes can cook offensively they still they have to also be good defensively. And it's like, now, now, like how many of these players exist? I just think it's really, really hard to build around a DeMontis Simonis and actually win. Now, don't get it twisted. I think the Kings will be fun to watch. The only oh, game, the only game I watched that night was that game. I watched a little bit of Minnesota and Sacramento and that shit was fun. And it looked sustainable. It did. It, it, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Offensively, it's not gonna be a problem. Like he's yeah. gonna he's gonna move the ball, especially being in a new environment. He's gonna move the ball. You know, they're gonna try to work, you know, together. But um, I mean, like if you can't defend, like I'm not like gonna really take you seriously. So that's just where it comes from. Like I said, they them and the Pelicans, it might be a generational, you know, race down the stretch for that 10 seed yeah. um this season because they they both, you know, look formidable for the 10 seed so i mean that'll be fun at least they gave us some real competition with this yeah and, and it'll be interesting to see um when you look at a team like sacramento it's kind of 
sometimes I don't believe in teams doing change for change sake, but when you stink, I don't mind it. And they stunk. So I just feel like Tyrese Halliburton, if you even listen to the reporting or the reporters around the league, they was like, wait, if we would have knew he was available, he would have got packages better than probably DeMontis Sabonis. Does that make sense? Like that's yeah, had, yeah, that was the other confusing part. Like, why would you not like actually? Sh- granted, they they said they wanted the like the report said they wanted Sabonis bad, but like if you knew you're gonna give up Halliburton, damn, shop him a little bit before you answer that call. <laughs> you know to see what else you could get because I believe if they properly like shopped Halliburton, they probably would have gotten somebody better than Sabonis. I believe that. Yeah, and. You, we never know. Sabonis does have two more years left on his deal. Um, so they he, he can't go anywhere. And, for, mm-hmm. is, and even though I don't think he's that great, for how much money he makes, hey, man, I risk it. You know, if I'm a team like Sacramento just looking to, for an identity, looking to change something up. And uh, one thing I did notice, because I like De'Aaron Fox quite a bit. I'm a De'Aaron Fox believer. Man, he ain't looked like this the whole year, but he looked he looked like that guy. Well, let me take that back. He looked pretty good against us when Metu hit that game winner. But for the most part, the energy he played with, being the De'Aaron Fox he could be, I hadn't really seen that a whole, whole lot this year. But that trade happened because you can tell. Like, let's be honest, man. Halliburton plays this position. They, they, they complement each other, but not really. Then they went and drafted uh, off night. And it's just like, buddy, got to be sitting there like, man, y'all paid me all this money. And y'all didn't drafted three point guards. What, is, what are we doing? We we'll drafted yeah. two point guards back to back years. What the hell are we doing? So he probably sweating bullets like, do they really want me? Do, the, do I really want? And man, he, play, he played free. He looked good. He was happy. He was hugging Sabonis like Sabonis had saved his life. And I think that's good for them. I, I I think the trade deadline when teams, players thinking they are going to potentially get traded has impacted play more than we as fans want to acknowledge. And I think that's what was happening to De'Aaron Fox this year. I think they drafted basically who he thought was his replacement. And that and he saw that dude in practice. He know Halliburton is good. He know, mm-hmm. he like, damn, he good. He actually might be better than me. So and when he was out, Halliburton took his game up to another level. When yeah. He, he so he probably, yeah, it was probably mental. Yeah, and once he was gone, he's like, oh, we good. It's sweet. And Sabonis, as much as I'm, I'm kind of packing him up, he moves the ball. He don't hold the ball like that. He keeps it, he keeps it pushing. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's – I hated the trade, and I still hate the trade on paper. And I still don't know if they are going to be any good. But when you stink, hey, man, you got to roll the dice. You can't just sit there and say, oh, woe is me. And, like, when you look at Halliburton, what he could have got, he probably could have got a lot of picks. But how many, what player would he have got that would have been happy to sit in Sacramento? And I think Sabonis is going to be happy with sitting in Sacramento. If that makes any sense. Sure, that, that makes sense. That's a good point. So, like, I hated the trade at the, at the, when I first saw it, I think everybody did. 
But upon further review, even though I don't, as we'll get to with our Mavericks, I don't trust those centers that can't move their feet or play defense, but I, I, I don't mind it as much as I did when it first happened. Yeah, that's fair. Cool. So, uh, do you, you we we want to we want to jump into the mess, or do we, we want to knock out that Boston Celtics trade real quick? Yeah, we could talk about the Celtics trade. I mean, it was to me like it was one of those trades that's probably going to go under the radar. You know, Derek White's not a very you know sexy name, um, but he's a guy. He's going to knock down open looks. Granted, he is having a down year from three, but playing alongside you know Tatum Brown he's gonna get cleaner looks um he's gonna play defense we know that and the Celtics are an elite defensive team they're really really good on that and I think they've had the best defense um the last like 15 games or so and they they have the personnel all that so they're he's gonna fit right in in that scheme in my opinion I mean they they got better to me. I think Derek White is a better player than Josh Richardson. So um Yeah, definitely. They sent Josh Richardson. It was Josh Richardson, uh, Romeo Langford, and a pick first. And that's a package. Like I saw people crying on Twitter talking about Josh Richardson. Oh my god, we got Moses Round for him and they saw <laughs> Derek White. Like, no, they, oh they, like they, I mean they th- when they threw that well, that's the thing when they trade first league. It was just Josh Richardson yeah, for yeah. Uh, Derek White. We like what. Dog, if you could have turned Josh Wright, Josh Wright, Josh Richardson and Derek White in the summer, we would have been smiling, cheesing from ear to ear. But then it was like, yeah, they threw a first of it too. Yeah, I, I'm just, it's, yeah, it's granted, I get it. At that point, we hadn't like done anything like that was announced at least. So I get the outrage, but it's like we sold when Josh Richardson's value was at the lowest. You know what I mean? You can't be upset that granted he was placed in the package but even if he wasn't you can't be upset that someone else flipped him when his value was you know is decent you can't be upset we wanted to get rid of him <laughs> you know what I mean everybody wanted him gone we were hoping that he would have opted out he opted in and we were hoping that we would have traded him everyone wanted him gone so it's like you know it's all a hindsight hindsight thing by the end of the day um you know like I said it's one of the under the radar trades that probably won't get talked about until like it's the playoffs or if Boston, you know, comfortably avoids the plane for some reason, that's going to probably be a trade that gets talked about as being, you know, a sleeper move. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I mean, that it's kind of a hedge too, to me with Marcus Smart. Um, granted, he's obviously can't get moved anymore, but in the future, you know, in the summer, granted, I know Brad Stevens really likes smart, but if he doesn't like start playing significantly better, I think they could look to move him because Derek White is a lightweight replacement. You know, he's gonna, he's not a, he's not the playmaker smart is, but he can move the ball mm-hmm. um, and he can defend. He's younger, I believe, actually, I don't know. <laughs> I think he might. Sounds like he. I don't actually. No, Derek White is younger than him. Like he's younger. Oh, whoa! You know what? He, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I, I think Derek White was like 24, 25. That dude. No, I know he's like 26, yeah, 25, he, 26. No, nah, he's 27. Oh, he's 27. Oh, okay. They're the same age, so or around the same age. Um, if not, just a year younger. So I mean, age probably doesn't matter, but production probably does, and he's much more 
not much more, but he's more efficient than smart. So, I mean, good trade. Good trade for the Spurs. They're clearly stacking first-round picks. Um, I thought they did well at the deadline, too, the Spurs, for what they're doing. Like, they're going to get a, you know, good draft pick. And they're stacking first. They got a first for Thad Young in this economy. <laughs> so, they got a first for um, Dirk White and a first for Thad Young. So, this is a good trade for um, both teams. It is. It is. The, the Spurs have ammunition to turn their team around. They they doing tanking the right way. I don't even know. I don't think it's fair to call it tanking. They doing rebuilding the right way. Yeah. It, it, it's outside of Orlando, maybe Detroit. There's really only two true or purposely trying to be shitty teams. Um. Yeah, I, I, I like what San Antonio did overall quite a bit. Um, I think Derek White, he can, I ain't going to say he can lock up, lock up, but he can play defense. He moves the damn ball, and that's what they need. That's what they need. They need somebody in Boston to move the ball that isn't going to jack up shots and break the offense. I like Marcus Smart. He is back to playing A-plus defense that made all of us as Maverick fans thirst after him. That, that Marcus Smart defensively is back. He's back. Mm. But he's still breaking offense and chucking up them bad shots here and there, but he locking up and now they got a guy to where they don't need him to uh, move the offense. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So I like that trade. I actually like it both ways because I'm a proponent of fuck them picks. If you a decent team and you can get a definitively a good player that you know can play, F them picks, keep them, trade them. Give me even, give me above average basketball players over picks in the twenties or even the late teens all day. Forget them picks. That's my stance. Some people disagree, but that's where I'm at. If draft night 2022, if the Mavericks actually draft a player that ends up playing basketball for the Mavericks, I'll be furious, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, Ready to get into the mess? Yes, we are. So, I mean, okay, I have a question. So, where were you when the Kristaps Porzingis trade was announced? So, this is what's funny. I have a friend, my boy Jason. Me and Jason used to work together. I haven't seen Jason in person in six years, but he's my boy. And we, I haven't seen him since one of our other coworkers going away party. We live in Dallas is kind of big. We live like an hour apart. So we done got married, had kids, our kids the same age. We just ain't linked up. But we all, I talk to him probably once a week, once every two weeks about the Mavs, right? So somehow, some way, I don't know what type of super high speed internet his phone has that mine doesn't. Every time something big has happened for the Mavs, he texts me, whoa, did you see this? <laughs> and he doesn't say anything. And I'm just like, all right, what happened? When the KP trade broke, he texts me. Every When the J.J. Reddick trade, I know that's not a big move, but he texts me. I found out, even though I was looking at Twitter when it happened, his text came through with a whoa. I'm like, dog, I literally closed out of Twitter and just said, hey, just tell me what happened because somehow, some way, you know before me. And then he told me, he sent me a screenshot of uh, the, it was, I don't remember if it was Woj or whoever it was, and my mouth hit the floor. 
I was sitting at home, you know, working. I work from home. And I said, oh, my God, they really did it. And I was shocked. Where were you at? So I was, I was, okay. So I was in my lab. I was in my lab, sitting down, supposed to be, you know, doing work, but I was not paying attention. I was on my phone because we, this deal was announced like in the last 20 minutes of the deadline. So we kept refreshing, kept refreshing, you know, trying to see what the last minute deals would be in my lab, just sitting down. And the first tweet I saw was the Shams one that said that we were trading for Dinwiddie first. Mm. When I saw the Dinwiddie one, I was like, you're kidding me. Like, it wasn't a shock because, um, uh, is it biased by slightly um, on Twitter mm-hmm. had, you know, said a quote, I think it was from, was it Mark Spears? I think it was Mark Spears was saying um, how Dinwiddie and Cuban was at the NFT gallery, some event, and they were really like chummy, real chummy. Mm-hmm. And granted, that's just a rumor, but like, it made sense like you you saw the report about being you know wizards are shopping Dinwiddie you know Dinwiddie and his crypto being a Mark Cuban kind of guy um it just made sense so when I saw it I I did not like it I was very upset because we were just talking about it that morning like I woke up on Twitter talking about it that morning because people were asking for him and wanting you know the maps to trade for him I was shocked. I was just like, are you kidding me? I was, and then I'm, I'm kind of just like, okay, what did we give up? And then that's when I saw the other tweet. <laughs> that sounds sweet. That we're trading Porzingis for Dinwiddie. And I had to excuse myself. I looked around that lab. I said, excuse me. <laughs> and I stepped outside to freak out because I was like, what? Like, we're trading Por- First of all, we're trading Porzingis. Let's start there. You know what I mean? And then two for Dinwiddie. And then I saw it was like Dinwiddie Ambertons. I'm like the two bums, like the two, pretty much the two worst players on the Wizards. <laughs> we traded Porzingis for we're like that. And we gave up the pick. It said two picks, but the real deal, I guess it's just one pick. But still, and we we gave up the pick. Y'all got the best player and we gave up the pick. But yeah, that's where I was. Um yeah it's it's crazy i mean i just it okay so i i've all of my you know knee-jerk reactions were pretty bad i did not like the deal whatsoever just because like we all knew that porzingis probably wasn't going to net you a crazy return because he's a negative asset everyone knows he's a negative asset fine but like we had to like i felt it was maybe rushed a bit you know i was like we had to pull the trigger like right now, like at the deadline, like to me, moving Porzingis, I didn't think they were going to keep him throughout the, you know, his full tenure. I know a lot of people were starting to maybe talk themselves into the idea of him potentially being, you know, a Mav throughout, you know, the rest of his contract. And then, you know, we get to move on after it expires. I knew he was going to get moved later on, but I just thought we wouldn't be talking about this until like the off season at the earliest. You know what I mean? not the deadline because like like we said he's a negative asset so I didn't expect to get anything of value for him and if the goal is to you know win a playoff series and he's looked all right you know this season he's looked better than he did last season he helps you win a playoff series so I thought okay they're gonna stick with him and then in the off season we could talk and re- you know move some things around but they did not do that you know even before the deal got announced we heard about um Jake Fisher was reporting um the drawage for Porzingis like framework but I mean Dragic got moved um 
pretty much right after he sent that tweet. <laughs> like literally, he, he like tweeted that, and then two minutes later, it was like, "Oh, Dragic is getting traded to um San Antonio or whatever." So, I just think, I just think it's clear that they were. I mean, they were kind of doing it in silence that you know stein had reported that you know after the fact that they have been shopping him for like a month now they've been looking you know scouring the place and pretty much his explanation of the deal was that they had been looking and this was a deal where they didn't have to give up a pick or a first round um pick and i mean okay get more um like broken down contracts that, that are seemingly maybe more easier to move than his um 30 whatever million and I mean sure but that Bertans contract is awful at least Dinwiddie I think Bertans's contract is way more like terrible than Dinwiddie's contract but I mean someone will take it <laughs> at the end of the day I don't think like these are bad contracts but I've seen worse get moved you know what I mean we've seen worse get moved so I don't think it's it's gonna be that crazy but it's just damn like we really did it and you know what's crazy this was a hundred percent a trade machine trade that people clown like no really that people have been clowning people on the timeline I've seen this trade on the timeline before I've seen it (laughs) Bertans did witty for poor Zingas like I've seen it on the timeline and you know people in the comments talking about some Oh, they're not trading Porzingis for Dinwiddie or Bertans. That's that's not happening. Well, but and it did happen. So, man, it's it's just crazy. Granted, I'm very happy we don't have to talk about Tall Man no more. And he's out of our lives in terms of you know just the stress of is he available? Is he playing? Is all that? I mean, I wish him the best of luck in you know Washington. Um, I think he's gonna have. I mean, he's healthy now. Um, so I don't know how serious that bone bruise was it clearly wasn't serious clearly they were shutting him down to shop him um because he's i think he's playing like tomorrow <laughs> i think he's gonna play so um for the wizards so i'm excited to see how that looks um because Beal is done for the season so it's gonna be pretty much a porzingis show who else they have there that's commanding shots other than like what kuzma it's gonna it's be the, yeah it's so. the kuzma <laughs> oh, oh my, my god it's the kuzma and kp oh. show Literally with, with no with no point guard, so with no point guard, yes, uh, yeah, because they traded Aaron Holiday, so it's just Howell Neto. So it's yeah. Neto, move. That's a oh, that lineup is kind of nasty, but okay. Um, yeah, Porzingis, <laughs> he's gonna be happy with his touches. I know that's Dude, right. As soon as he get it, it's going up because yeah. he'll never touch the ball again if that don't happen. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, I mean he's. I'm happy for him that he you know got a got out of a situation that he clearly wasn't you know feeling. On you know our end, at this point, you can only just hope that Dinwiddie and Bertans turn their season around. That they have stunk. There's no way to you know go. You know, there's no sugarcoating this. They have been horrible, and I've watched a lot of Wizards game. We've talked about the Wizards on here, like a lot. I'm pretty sure our last episode <laughs> we talked about how bad Dinwiddie was, um, and yes. now he's here. So it's like. At this point, you just got to hope, like, okay, so looking at it from Dinwiddie, he's going to get a smaller role here. You know, he was start, he was the starting point guard for the Wizards. Here, he's going to be our sixth man. Um, smaller role, you know, less minutes. Um, he's not going to really be responsible for running an entire offense. My guess is that um, 
He might play with Brunson some. Um, he might play with Luca some. I, I'm just I'm intrigued to see how they do it because Brunson has been running with the bench unit um, while Luca, you know, sits. So Brunson kind of runs with that unit. So I don't know if they're gonna give Brunson like a bit more rest and let Dinwiddie get you know control full control of that bench unit. I don't know how they're gonna do it. So like I said, I'm intrigued to see that tomorrow. But you just gotta hope that coming out of a locker room where they told him to shut up and dribble and you know hopefully he <laughs> can you know channel his energy into just playing better in a reduced role yeah man i'm, I'm not gonna hold you yeah. i was uh He's doing 35%, bro. Like, there's just no explanation. For Dog, that was crazy. It's, I think he's 37, 38% from the field. And then, like, 30-ish, 30 31% from three. And that's not even taken into account. He was lightweight cooking the first 13 games of the season. Exactly. So, to pull those averages from the first 13 games down, he's stuck. He's been horrible. Like, I got one of my boys. Uh, uh, a mutual he's a lions fan so he's the only wizards follower i got and he like we don't even talk he just hates spencer Dinwiddie. that's how i know how much you hate him like damn my boy must be playing like ass because my dude is ranting on the timeline about him yet again and uh y'all know i like spencer Dinwiddie. he was literally my number one yep. free agent that i wanted the Mavs to get because i knew he wouldn't cost a lot of money and I felt like he could provide something that we needed. What's funny, if you would have told me, like, <laughs> when free agency started, we turned Tall Man into Spencer Dinwiddie. And I uh, I was out on the Latvian scammer. I was out on Bertans even back then. So I probably wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have done that even at free agency. What I would have, I would have felt better about it, if that makes sense. But the reason why I was so angry is not even about Spencer Dinwiddie and Dave, Davis Bertans, who, look, we, you, you know we do nicknames, we do bits. I have been calling him the Latvian scammer since he signed that contract <laughs> because he knew he was about to scam them people. That's why he didn't show up to the bubble. He wasn't really hurt. He was just like, look, I have shot the blood out the ball for about a year and a half, and if I show up again, and I don't, these three-point percentages go down a little bit for these two weeks. They might have some second thoughts. So I'm not even showing up. That's yeah. that's the acts of a scammer. And he knew he was about to scam them people. And he did it. And he did it. So I, I'm not, it's not even about them. It's just the thing that bothered me is I, I, I feel like this team has a chance with KP, I know this is a big if, with KP being healthy, to make a little bit of noise. I would have bet, I'd have bet my house that we would have packed the Mormons up in the first round with KP. And I think, I've been saying we would have got packed up expeditiously by the, uh, the Suns in the second round. I think we would lose, but I don't know if it would be expeditiously because we, we never saw playoff Luka against them dudes. You know what I'm saying? And you know, Lucas, say whatever you want, however you feel about my son. When he's turned up, he's turned up. He's he's a goddamn basketball superhero in the playoffs. He just is. 
And I was like, man, with KP, even if KP is trash offensively, as long as he out there being tall, man, and blocking shots, dog, I like our chances against anybody, right? And when you do a trade like this, even though I'm higher on Spencer Dinwiddie than most, even though I know he's stuck, like, that's the thing. He would stink for like a week. Bradley Bill would miss two games. He'd be productive. Brad Bill come back and he'd go right back to stinking. And it's just like, wait a minute. <laughs> so this ain't, this ain't like physical. This is just whatever y'all got going on is whatever y'all got going on. So I still think there's a good basketball player in there. And even the Latvian scammer, he's still making them wide open, boys. Yeah. And this is going back to the Josh Richardson, Seth Curry trade. The reason why I didn't really like that trade when people were like, well, Josh Richardson didn't have good, good spacing in Philly. He wasn't making the wide open boys. He was like below league average on the wide open shots in Philly. And then he got here. Same thing happened. Like he just wasn't proving it. Where Taz is stunk. But when he's wide open, he should like 41. I, I, I swear I saw somebody say 45%, but 41% feels good. Man, there ain't a player on the on the Mavericks that's, that's making wide open threes at that rate right now. So even if he just does that, I know he can fit. And I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, I know it was true for the last two years. I haven't looked at it this year because our boy was out of shape, but Luca generates the most wide open threes of any player in basketball. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's true right now that he's back in shape. I don't know if with him missing the time and when he was fat, but right now we know Luca create wide open shots. And if the Latvian scammer, if he can't do nothing else but do that, he's a shooter shooter. You know, he got the money. He was able to scam them because he was running around picks. He was he was shooting the blood out the bar in ways we haven't seen since dirt, you know. And he fell off because they got more players in and they basically like, you played no defense, so we're going to get some guys that can play a little bit of defense even if they can't shoot. So they basically relegated him to the bench. So I, st- I know his shooting percentage is down, but that dude can shoot. He can shoot. He's going to be sh- – we're going to get the line to ourselves here in the next week or so about how good he is and ain't. That I feel very confident about. But the thing that I just can't get out of my head Dog, we ain't got no rim protector and no serious team oh my God. Yeah. doesn't have a rim protector. This is why we can hoot and holler about the Chicago Bulls till we blow in the face. Man, and if Lonzo and Caruso ain't at the peak of their powers, and even then, they're going to have problems in the playoffs. Even in the first round, they're going to have problems. And I just, those are tent pole things. There's, I don't know if there's a a basketball commandment that I believe in more that you you have to have an elite rim protector to win in the playoffs. And we had one and now we don't. And I get why the trade was made, but that was why I was so upset. But with all that being said, I'm saying we had one. We had one when he was healthy. 
Hell, he ain't played. I don't. I seriously don't remember last time KP played. Is it two weeks? Yeah, I was at the game. I was low key. I was at the last game. You were at the last game. I was at the last game he played. I just thought about that. It was two weeks ago tomorrow, and you know, apparently he's gonna play tomorrow night for Washington. We'll see. I feel like I've heard that before as a Maverick fan, but dude, we just can't. He. It's been proven, bro. When he don't play, the winning percentage is about the same. This is a big-ass sample. It's like 20 games this year. And, I, and personally, the thing that kind of told me everything I needed to hear, uh, Luca literally had his career high the day he was traded. Luca, he is uh, – Luca was going out for blood to show we don't need him. He had that burden off his back. You can't tell me that ain't, and you can't tell me that ain't because KP is gone. And however I feel about it as a fan, none of that shit matters. What matters is the people in that locker room and how our our, our Slovenian son feels. And it's to me so far, it's pretty obvious he was happy that that's a wrap, and that's where I'm at. Um, I feel like people been kind of lying about the math. Well, trading for them frees up the money. No, it don't. No, it doesn't. It makes the money flexible, but they got they make the same money as KP. They actually make it goes money. on a year longer. Yeah, they actually make a, and it's not like a little bit of money. We're talking about like sixteen million dollars. So to me, that's where I'm kind of confused with the whole this this money talk. I get it's probably easier to trade two pick two small contracts. And maybe they believe they can rehab the value. You got to remember, Jared Dudley played with Spencer. He knows him, knows him, right? So they've probably been talking. He probably knows what's going on with Spencer a little better than just a random team or something like that. He, I feel like there's like behind basketball since, hell, was Jason Kidd there? Did Spence play for Jason Kidd for that one year? Uh, no. No, no, okay. He no, showed up the year after. Okay. No. But the point I'm trying to make is I feel like there's some inside basketball stuff happening there. But now that I've had time to breathe on it, um, just knowing KP and how petty he is, I get because Luka didn't pass in the ball and quiet as kept. KP has stunk since he came back from COVID. He has. He's still playing defense, but offensively, he's been bad. And the thing with KP is, if he's going to be tall man defensively, you got to feed him those offensive touches. And those, he was, they was cute to start the season. They were. He was good at it. That shit has fallen off a cliff in the last month or so he played. And it's like, dog, if we got to cater to you to get you to play defense, it's time to move on. What do you think? So for me, first of all, going quickly back to Davis Bertans, I've seen people say that he, oh, he's going to be, you know, Nicolo Melli. First of all, do not put that out in the air, bro. Don't put that in the world. We need him to be significantly better than Nicolo Melli for the simple reason that Nicolo Melli was an expiring contract when he got here and he was making next to nothing. <laughs> Davis Bertans is making a lot of money. So we're going to need him to be better than that. Um, and, you know, with Luca, you know, people are already saying, you know, he's going to get, you know, great looks, 
whatever, whatever. We just hope that he can get the great looks and convert. But Porzingis, um, I just think you're right in terms of our rim protection. Like, that's why I know people have been grappling over, you know, the term floor ceiling and whether the Mavericks is, you know, ceiling got lowered or raised. And I mean, people have been agreeing and disagreeing about it. I do believe that our ceiling got lower just because, and that's not me saying that we need KP. Like, I think people are getting a bit defensive over it because they think people are saying, oh, we needed KP to, um, you know, be contenders or we need to keep, like, we don't need KP in a vacuum. Luca is our floor. Like, if, if we're talking about regular season games, no, we never needed, really needed KP to be, like, successful, successful, because Luca is the floor. We go as he goes. Even when KP was playing, we go as he goes. However, in the playoffs, when we're talking about, you know, ceilings in the playoffs, that's where, you know, being a ceiling raiser, that's where it's important to me. And Porzingis, his rim protection was really the ceiling raiser. Like, it's not his offense. Like, Porzingis' offense was not the ceiling raiser of his team. It was always his defense and his ability to block shots, alter shots at the rim, not just blocking shots, but altering shots at the rim, protecting the paint. Um, that was That's the ceiling raiser. And the fact that we don't have that, we don't have that at all now. It's not like, granted, you can make the argument we didn't really have it anyway because you know he was always out and that's true you know availability is the best ability but when he did play we did have it now we don't even have it as an option now um Dwight Powell is our starting center you know going into the playoffs and I know how a lot of people feel about Powell so you have to really eat the fact that he's going to be playing a lot more minutes than he probably should be Maxi Kleber and the thing with Maxi is I will say um I'm not going to lie, even before um, we traded KP, I had been liking how you looked at the backup center and as the only center on the floor. Um, he got some offensive rebounding juice that I didn't know he had in him. Did um, you Did you say, you said Dwight? Maxi, Maxi. Maxi, okay, yeah. Yeah, he, he can hey, box hey, out. He can hey, really hey, box hey, out. Hey, low-key, if you look at like a per-minute perspective, Maxi's a good rebounder. He's averaging yeah. six and 20 minutes a night. That's actually decent. Yeah, and he he so he's he's not bad from that perspective, but he doesn't Maxi's a weak side like rim protector. Yeah, not um he's not waiting for you to come challenge him and he's blocking you like he's not doing that. Um, so I mean our defense even in the Clippers game watching it yesterday, like you know good teams are gonna punish us in the paint. <laughs> like the the better teams, the great teams, what they're gonna do is punish us in the bait and paint and kill us on a perimeter. Granted, our defense has come a long way where we can take some things away. But now we don't really have a choice in the paint. You know what I mean? Like to take, you know, the rim away. We don't have the option there anymore. And with Porzingis, at least we could have an option to take the rim away. Um, because he, when he was good, you know, and healthy, he was protecting the rim at a high level again this year, but the option's not there. So in the playoffs, you're going to need to go deep and make a run. You're going to need some rim protection, which is why I thought they, their ceiling went down. Like you, I thought we would have 100% beat Utah. And now I'm still confident we beat Utah, but it's, I'm not as confident as before. Um, but I still do think, you know, especially if Dinwiddie and Bertans pans out to be good. 
like the that's the thing it's not like they're they got traded and they're okay and we want them to be good they're bums right now <laughs> so even if they can make this step up from bum to being okay I think that would help um so I mean at this point like I said I slept on it thought about it all that it's I'm not upset at it right now I'm, I'm okay that they didn't give up a first round pick that's great now it's just about hey can we win a series now like right now you're not well we have another game against the Clippers and they're that's probably it for them you know for this season in terms of facing them so we're almost sure to have a new opponent um this playoff series it's looking like it's going to be Utah or Denver um I don't think we're catching Memphis for the three seed um so it's going to be the four or five matchup I doubt the Lakers are going to get in there um so it's really literally um Denver or Utah would hope it's Utah I don't I mean Denver should have Murray back and I mean I don't want to see Jokic especially in this especially now that we really don't have any centers <laughs> I don't think I want to see Jokic um with this team right now so um I'm really hoping it's Utah and right now we just got to focus on Luca giving us a master class in the second half of the season like he got juice like you said 50 50 burger on the day his what euro remember the euro enemies nickname yeah yeah. burger on the day his euro enemy left so to me that that says something that's that's a message granted it's against the clippers we know he doesn't like the clippers him and terrence man were going at it all night um he was locking up locking terrence man up talking shit like all that we know he does this with the clippers but 50 he ain't never dropped 50 before never and it looked shaky too because they were trapping him after he dropped the 28 in the first they were trapping him, but he was making the right decision. They had to try to mix it up. They were putting, bro, he was frying everybody. They put everybody on him. They put Terrence Mann on him. They put Powell on him. You know, Zubash got his turn. They put Mann on, like, everybody guarded him. Marcus Morris, he fried everybody. And he was sending a message to me, like, hey, we can do this without, you know, Porzingis. And Luca, he's in shape. He looks motivated. Um, He looks happy. He's smiling, I think. We're going to get a masterclass second half of the season. I think it's going to be just incredible. And I can't wait to watch because if he's focused and locked in, we're going to win a lot of games. So I think, um, I, I do think we will end as the four seed. I do think we are getting home court advantage just off the strength of what Luke is about to do. I, that's how much I believe in him. Like I'm hoping he can stay healthy. We can make this home court, you know, push get home court break up the mormons because i feel like after we eliminate them they're done oh, that's that's toast that's, that's a wrap <laughs> it might not it might not even make it to the playoffs it just might be us doing what we do to them is like the the final blow in it i, I don't yeah. like they already going at each other as we speak yeah so i i just i it just it's setting the scene so great you know so i'm just hoping that we can um we can win a series because that has been the you know short-term goal. I know even if we don't, I know we're probably in a better position to make more things shake than we would have with KP's contract. So, okay, but I really hope um, this move didn't really affect the outcome of winning a series or not. You know what I mean? Because I don't expect us, I never, even with KP, I never expected us to go beyond the second round. I know people are saying, oh, maybe Western Conference Finals and no way in hell. 
well, especially the Suns uh, stay at the one seed. We're not beating the Suns. I, I, I'm sorry, we're just not. Like, there's nothing. There's no matchup we can exploit there. There's nothing. You're there's right. Nothing. But listen, like you can only listen, be, listen, 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 look like me. the best player me. like in the series. So maybe, but other than that, we have nothing. We have nothing. Me and CP3 are the same age. I'm actually what year and a half, two years older now. And I'm just telling you, I don't trust his body to hold up. It, it's never happened where he was much younger. And I, dog, do you see, he's playing more minutes he's now. Vegan than now. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's vegan now. You, you, you putting the vegan propaganda on the pod? Uh, actually, no, because I can never be vegan. But I'm just <laughs> I hear you. Ed, but he was vegan when he couldn't raise his arm last year. He was vegan. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, I think he started that eating clean, eating vegan or whatever, changed his diet that year he went to OKC. But I'm, I, I just, man, I, every team that's ever played CP3, he, I don't think CP3 has ever been healthy through an entire playoff run. And he'd been playing basketball a long time. And I'm just like, you let Luca get a hold of them with a hobbled CP3. And we actually, and KP, KP, and this is the thing, KP don't even got to play well offensively. He's got to beat tall man. And I'm just like, bro, that, we going to get them boys hell. We's giving, Jalen Brunson was giving them dudes hell. It took them cooking us in the fourth to, to, to pull away. So you at, don't play off Luke into that. And, but I mean, I'm not going to, listen, listen to what I said. And this is where something like, you, you know me and you talk about this all the time, being self-aware as a fan. I'm lying to myself, right? Yeah. I'm lying to myself. I admit it. I'm lying to myself. I'm lying to myself because, A, I'm wishing, I'm having a wish on an injury for a player for us to get to where I'm talking to get to, right? And second, dog, KP, like, we have no idea what KP is going to look like. We don't know when he's playing. I hear he's playing tomorrow, but we have no idea what he's gonna look like. A bone bruise. Well, he don't look good. I just listen. I just, I just feel like you're right, but like I don't think that bone bruise was serious. Like knowing what we know now, I don't think that bone bruise was that deep. You think they, you think it was keeping him out to get rid of him? Yeah, yeah. I think he definitely like when when he sat out, like he definitely was hurt a little bit because he was getting cooked, and we all knew that look. He was probably a little hurt. <laughs> But I think they dragged it because there's no way. Um, because granted, he said he was coming back soon anyway. And then they traded him. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was looking. The shortest time a player can be out for a bone bruise is uh two weeks, and it's two weeks tomorrow. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that would be on par. And then what's your boy? You know, I'm. I'm. We're gonna make peace. We don't want no smoke. I don't know how you feel, but I don't want no smoke um, unless he try to come for you again. And then it's, it's all guns on sight. But uh, your boy Hendo was in a space. Um, he was basically saying, "Yeah, he ain't hurt. They was that. That's was good." And I mean, Nico said it. Nico literally said it in the press conference. If it was the playoffs, he could have played. So, yeah, he's gonna just, look. He's gonna look happy because he, like I said, who's playing for the Wizards? He's Dog. getting the ball. He's a volume scorer. He's gonna, he's gonna score. I'm predicting he's gonna score thirty. He's gonna score thirty, and 
is good. All the you know narratives, all Luko's holding back. You're gonna see all them tweets, all them tweets, but they're going to take an L. <laughs> he's gonna score 30. They're gonna lose, but he's gonna after the game, he's gonna talk about how he feels he feels good. He's in a new situation, he's ready to work. The ball is moving with energy. That's his favorite yeah. fucking Lucas subline. Yeah, I mean, the whole season, it's funny, and I kept saying it, and one day on the pod, I'm gonna do it. Maybe, maybe for the next pod. I'm going to find clips of his post-game pressers. <laughs> and he has been subbing Luca the entire season. And no one, I don't know if it's that no one like caught on or if people weren't reading into it. Maybe I was just maybe reading into it, but now that he's gone, no. He had been subbing Luca the entire, yeah. entire he was season. he he was every saying he was saying he was saying the same shit he was saying last year. He just was doing different stuff on the court. But the words he said in the tone in which he said it did not change at all. Exactly. They asked him, they said, Porzingis, y'all are playing better defense. Why do you think that is? One of his answers, granted, he said a lot of things, but one of the things he said was that, yeah, um, when the ball moves more, you get more motivated to play defense. He, we're talking about defense and he's still like you know his confidence talking about ball movement so like he is, Lucas usage rate actually is up this year which exactly is he just he like I said he just was not happy here and first and foremost and I've been saying I'm glad this trade deadline might have probably put things in perspective for people I've always said egos matter egos yeah. matter and we have seen this time and time again. Like the, the NBA is really not 2K. Like things that might work on paper is might not work in real life for a myriad of reasons. And this was one of them. Like granted, you could talk about basketball fit, you know, on the court, but off the court, they, you know, and just what they both were prioritizing, it wasn't gonna work. You know, we saw it with Harden. He leave, left the super team. He left a team with KD and Harden on it <laughs> to go or KD and Harden, KD and Kyrie on it to go elsewhere because you know because of other personal reasons so these egos you know jeremy grant is still in detroit you know and i'm sure he's still in detroit because of you know his you know kind of demands and conditions that he had um you know based on where he would get traded so it's just egos matter egos matter and you know i just want people who want to be in dallas and is going to work within the system because at the end of the day this is lucas team this is Lucas' team, you know. If you're gonna come and want to shake that up, and you want the team to be about you, yeah, you're probably gonna have a hard time here. <laughs> so you know, and I am, I'm riding with. Like I said, there's not many people or not many players in this league that are better than Luca. Not many. <laughs> the only guys better are the elite of the elites that have their own team. We talking about there's five more. people. Yeah, we're talking like about like five people, literally, literally like about five people that are better. So anyone else that's coming here, you're going to have to get in where you fit in. If you yeah. ain't one of them five, good luck. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Play your yeah. role and know your, know your position. Exactly. No, exactly. And that's that was my issue with Porzingis. Like, he, he felt that it should have been an equal playing field. And I'm sorry, you know, it sounds nice in theory, all this egalitarianism and all that. But life is not like that. <laughs> it's not like that. It's, there's hierarchy at the end of the day, especially in terms of like basketball stuff. And you're just going to have to fall in line. And, you know, with the guys that we got back, it's more like a, you know, Bertans, he's not demanding much. He's just going to be running around screens and spotting up. Hey, side note, side note. 
Hey, bro, do you see how turned up they is in Indiana right now? Bro, 51 to 30. I'm watching the game right now. <laughs> I have it on right now. It's their juice. Dog, Tyrese up. ain't missed. Bro, they're juiced up. Granted, I could, I'm granted the Cavs. Let's, let's, let's ease off of my, on my Cavs a little bit. They don't have Garland, but. I, um, no, no, it's not even about them. They don't have Garland. No. It's more your boy. Juiced up, yeah. Our boy, uh, our, our, our fellow mutual, you put me on him. Uh, Naptown Kami, he yes. was dog. I already <laughs> didn't like uh Sabonis, and look, I watch I probably watched more um Pacers games because they had a lot of players I wanted, and I wanted to push my anti Rick agenda. So, I, the only person I know that's watching Pacers games more than me because he's a fan, he really watched them, and he watched them last year. So he been telling the world Sabonis ain't good. And I'm like, damn, yeah. I don't like Sabonis, but you are killing this man. And like for this to happen after he get packed up, low key, I'm about to DM that cat because he, man, he, I, 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 I'm so happy for him because everything he's saying is happening in real time. And I knew Rick would win with this team. Like just you give Rick some dudes with agendas that can shoot. He's that's Rick all day. Some underdogs that can shoot and gonna play hard. Rick can cook with that. He can't cook with do he can't deal with egos. Rick ain't got time for that shit. But anyway, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That just dog, it just blew my mind. I didn't believe it when I pulled it up. Yeah, listen, these games are gonna be weird. Some of these games are gonna be weird with these new guys on these new teams, but not Indiana's drew stuff. Jalen Smith, he's playing well. Um, like everybody's playing well they're all new stuff but um yeah i i mean back to just back to porzingis and just the maps and all that i'm just happy that i mean we're gonna have to make up his offensive production by committee because that's that's like 20 points we're missing and you add spencer dinwiddie and bertanz's points together i don't even know if it adds up to 20 but um I just, I just, like I said, Bertans, he's not going to command much usage. Dinwiddie, hopefully they could give him the bench and maybe he could play off Brunson, Lucas, and he'll be all right. So I, I am going to learn to love the trade, especially if Bertans and Dinwiddie turns out to be decent. So, I mean, we'll get to see hopefully first action with them um tomorrow we run it back against the clippers they're not on the inactives list on the injury report so they should be suited up to play um it'll be a home game in dallas so i'm excited i mean it's it's, it's might it might be i hope we can win i'm not ex i mean lucas is gonna cope but i'm not expecting really a win i think we'll win but i'm not expecting it just because we have to wait, incorporate wait. players wait you talking about tomorrow against the clippers yeah, just because, listen, Lou is good at adjustments, and two, we have to incorporate two new players. Uh, we don't know how it's going to look. I'm, I think I, we're going to win. I, I think, dog, I think Spencer, the same juice boost that Spencer and Davis, like the rest of these dudes got, especially Spencer, because, like, Spencer played well this year. He ain't been a bum the whole year. I don't know what happened. I'm waiting for the athletic article. But something happened to where he just lost his mind. And but that's I don't... the thing I did. Here's okay. 
Spencer was good in like the first two games. I remember there was one like I think it was either the first or second game. He had like twenty seven, and he was going off. It was like that whole. I I looked at last night. It was the first thirteen games. The first thirteen games, he was good, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, forty. It was like forty. He was averaging about eighteen and seven, and shooting like forty five and thirty eight from the field. And and fam, when I say it fell off a cliff, it fell off a cliff. Yes, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, best case scenario for us is that he was, you know, tanking on purpose in Washington to get them to shop him so he could leave because obviously he couldn't ask out because he just signed there. So he was trying to maybe, you know, run some game on them, mailing it in like a Harden type thing. That's the best case scenario that he was really just mailing, mailing it in and he'll be all right to go. But if not, I mean, I just, I just didn't really want him just because three ACL tears later, he looked cooked. He's a volume scorer. He needs the ball, you know, just all these different reasons. But like I said, just hoping for the best here. Just hoping yeah. for the best. I won't, I won't be shocked if he still looks like ass. I actually will be shocked if the Latvian scammer is just Nico Melli. Like, I will be shocked. And I know I said it on the timeline, y'all. I was mad. Let me make it. But I will actually be shocked if he's Nico Melli because the Latvian scammer can shoot. If he can do one thing, he will stand in this spot and pull. He wasn't even, honestly, what got him in the bag wasn't that. He was running around screens, pin downs. He was catching that boy, letting it go, and still shooting the blood. And it wasn't the empty gym. He, he scammed him. He didn't want to go to the empty gym to scam him. Right. He, actually, what's crazy is when there was empty gyms is when he started falling off, ironically enough. He was shooting the blood in full gyms. So I think he's going to get a resurgence just playing with somebody else. And you know how Luca is with new Europeans that show up. Yeah, he's going to feed him. Oh, he's going to feed him. He's going to make it a point. I don't know what relationship they had over there, but I know Nico Melli was getting shots at he was getting shots KP wasn't getting. Same thing for Wesson One dude. Like, oh yeah. Luka. And I want them to be sorry to cut you off, but I want them to be creative with Bertans. Like, yeah. I I feel like we had the chance to kind of see something similar with Reddick last year, but he was hurt, and I was yeah. really excited to see. And granted, Reddick was washed too, but yeah. they, had they, they ran like, some good stuff. It just yeah, like movement shooters like this. Like to yeah. me, he needs to get like. Like, I'm really intrigued to see not just spot-up looks, because he will get spot-up looks, but I want to see him, especially if he's coming off the bench, um, and it's like a bench unit, and we need, like, some juice. I want to see him running, like, and moving. He's a great off-ball mover. Like, he's, you know, off-ball shooting. He's great. I want to see them really have a couple plays for him, have a couple plays for him where it's like, you know, it's money. Like, you know, he's going to get a look every time, and it's probably going to be money, so... We'll see what they do. I'm really excited um, to see it tomorrow. Yeah, I, I am too. I, I'm. God, I hate it when people said this because it pissed me off because it was like, y'all want a new entertainment product. Y'all don't actually want to get better. But here I am. I'm just excited to watch new players myself. Um, I am. I, I'm excited. I, I'm biased towards Spencer. That's my guy. I'm happy he's here um, because... I don't think Jared Dudley would give the goal sign to get him here. And to be honest, I think Spencer Dimwitty has no more illusions that he's a starter. 
the only time he's been an objectively productive player in this league is when he came off the bench and was able to do his thing. And I think he's just, I know some people are worried about Jalen or whatever. No, nah, man, I don't think he's taking Jalen minutes like that. But all those Trey Burke, Frank Milikina, that's that's over. That's cooked. Pour out some liquor for Frank Milikina. Oh yeah, he's done, bro. And he, be, I, I mean, granted, I don't think Dragon just come anyway because yeah. Danny kind of took his role. But like, he should have listened. <laughs> He is the next if they still are looking at Dragage, if especially if Dinwiddie just looks bad. Um, well, Frank, uh, back I, is better. Yeah, if Captain Hook, uh, I'm sorry, uh, it's so weird because I feel like me and you had these little nicknames or the timeline <laughs> had these little. If Robin Lopez gets cut, he, I, I think they, I think they go after him if he's willing to come to Dallas. He might go try to get a chip with his brother again. I don't know, but. I think he's getting the boot for a big. Yeah, I yeah, and I like Frank, but like, and I like what he brings. But he's a he's a spot minute kind of guy. Like he's like a Trey Burke, they're spot minutes kind of guy. And now we actually have a guy in Dinwiddie. Like even though he's been bad, he's not a guy. Obviously, he's not a spot minutes guy. He's a he's a bench player in my opinion. Dinwiddie is a six man type player, so um, he can actually settle into that role better than a Trey Burke or a Frank Nilakina because they're supposed to be getting spot minutes depending on what you need. If you need a stop, hey, Frank, <laughs> you know, c- come here, Frank, come check in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you need a bucket and your, you know, regular guys are struggling, hey, Burke, you know, come in. You know, they're kind of luxury players to play in spot minutes. Actual bench role, playing off the bench, running a bench unit, you know, being a spark plug off the bench, that's Dinwiddie. So, um <laughs> Frank, I, I I like his minutes. I still like Frank. I I like that we have him on a you know team option next year. But if he has to get cut, he has to get cut. You know <laughs> that's just you know. You know I mean, let's keep it tall. He ain't gonna play. I mean, well, let me be clear. If we cut him, anybody picking him up? I don't. I don't think so. I think he he'll be at the crib. I doubt it. He'll, yeah, he'll be at the crib until the off season again. Exactly. And if we want him back, you go ahead and pull him back. Like, he ain't. That man was literally, I think he was physically in Europe before we called him up. Yeah. So I, I can see that happening again. I'm not I'm not pressed about it. Um, but I do, uh, we are almost at two hours, bro. Again. Sheesh. Anyway, um, before we get out of here, what's your favorite KP moment in Dallas? Not in its own. Ooh. What's my favorite KP? Ooh, ooh, you caught me off guard with this question a little bit. What's my favorite KP moment in Dallas? I think, ooh, um, trying to think. My, damn. I think, wow, that's a very loaded question. You really threw me off. I threw you off. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Yeah. Okay. My favorite KP moment in Dallas is I think with most people was it was but it wasn't even because of how he played it's in combination is when Marcus Morris started the shit with Luca KP was the one with the shits I don't think KP can fight I think there might be enough evidence that KP can't fight but he was with the shits there was no hesitations there was no none of that he had his he had his little bros back 
with no hesitation. I don't know what happened after that. I don't know what broke the relationship. But he was he was he was riding with his boy. Them boys was in Orlando with their tans. They was in shape, and that was fun. That was yes, so much sir. fun, man. I, I that whole little bubble run when Luca hit the game winner at the buzzer. That was on my birthday, so it's gonna always hold a special place in my heart. That little time, because it was like that's a hell of a birthday gift he gave me. That's why Luca <laughs> gonna always be my guy. And um, I, I you could right there. Oh, oh. Oh, no, you good. We got a little audio, but no, like I will always remember that time. I always be excited about it as a Mavs fan. It's a good run, and um, shout out to KP. I actually, I'm not mad at KP. I felt I don't want to. I know I called him Tall Man a lot, but I feel like other bigs as big as he is miss a lot of games. Now KP missed more than even most, but he missed that many more than they did than the average seven plus foot guy that can run and jump. And that's that was kind of my beef where the I felt like the timeline would pack him up too much. But that ain't our problem no more. Yeah, I mean for me, I think my favorite KP moment was that um that first game, his first game against we played the Washington Wizards of the 2019-2020 season first game suited up as a math and when Luca threw him the alley-oop or no he got an alley-oop from I want to say it was DeLon Wright <laughs> I don't remember who it was from but he got an alley-oop it was off a fast break we got a stop and I think it was DeLon that threw him an alley-oop and he like dunked it and Luca was like yeah like cheering that's probably my favorite moment, just because, you know, back then you're some delusion of it. You're thinking, damn, this is about to be my duo for the next, you know, how many years and we're going to run it up and all that. Um, it felt good <laughs> in that moment. Granted, it didn't turn out, you know, the way we wanted it to. But in that moment, that just felt like a glimpse of, you know, better times for the Mavs because, you know, we got Luca and that was great, but we still, you know, Luca's rookie year, we were bad. You know, and granted, that was a lot of that was on purpose, you know, with some of the moves we made about blah, blah, but we hadn't had a good season since the 2015, you know, 2016 season. Even yeah. then, that one ended, you know, on a sour note because of the whole Rondo, you know, fiasco and all that. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it just felt good. You know, that season we started off, I, I, I would say that plus the whole stretch of us being 21 and six. Now, granted, KP was playing pretty badly during this stretch I remember um he wasn't really that great during his first few weeks as a Mav but just the feeling around the team you know we were 20 I said 21 6 we were 16 and 6 I think we were um to start the season that year and we're 16 and 5 I think and that was just it just felt good it looked like we were you know, about to rise the ranks as an elite team. So I, I would say that's probably my favorite, like, this KP moment, the start. But, you know, again, like I said, wish him well in his future endeavor. I do, too. Um, I, one last take. I actually think KP has one, one and a half full seasons of unicorn play. And... We, we as Mavs fans are going to get dunked on the same way Knicks fans did. And then he's going to get hurt. And that's the end of KP 
being a productive basketball player. I don't know when that year and a half stretch of basketball is going to happen. And what's crazy, it's probably going to happen when he's off this contract. I've always said that, like, he's going to go somewhere and get a lower contract, and that team is going to love him. And then before he's 30, I think he's cooked. That's, that's the thing. Not be getting dunked on, regardless. We 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 shouldn't. Just trust me, unless we. I know people are gonna try, you but know, you know how I go. They, it already happened. It already happened, bro. We uh, was you in that space with Jose and Rolo on Wednesday? The day happened. No, no, no. no I okay, not. I man, I feel bad because it was a Knicks fan basically trying to basically trying to revel in our misery the way we did with the Lakers and the Hawks just because of the KP trade. And I'm like, I literally cut the dude off. I could, I, I didn't raise my hand because you know, you, you got 12 seed problems and he tried to tell me that, well, you know, KB, okay, it didn't work out. And so what y'all paying Julius Randle 29 million, the deal ain't even kicked in yet. And he stinks. Exactly. And not even just that. Whatever Porzingis is gonna do in Washington, it's not gonna be better than what Luca is gonna do. So we, like, oh, there's no like that was the thing. People were dumping on the Knicks because it was like y'all lost KP and y'all don't have nobody as good as KP. You know what I mean? Yeah. When Randall broke out last year, you know Knicks fans were cheering. Oh, and y'all thought we lost a trade, but we have someone better than KP. That was the whole point. That was cute. That's he, that's he, he, low key, he ain't better than him right now. He's not better than him. He's not better than him right now. So that was, they had their one hit wonder and that was that, but he's not better than him right now. But at the end of the day, they're going to try it. But, you know, we have Luca. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we do at the end of the day. We, I'm sleeping good. I don't, that's true. It's not like we traded, in their case, they traded their best player. We traded arguably our second best. You can make the case run. Debatable. <laughs> I know. I think no. better than him. Yes. So, like, you know what I mean? Arguably our second, third best player. I'm not losing sleep over that. I'm really not. Especially when our first, like, our best player is such a big gap between him. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Luca's only a little bit better than him. Luca's significantly better than him. So, it's like, no sleep to be lost, really. Dog, I'm, uh, I'm probably about to clip this and put it on the timeline. But you Nick fans, you Hawk fans, y'all got problems that y'all need to address y'all don't even that's the thing at least the hawk fans have trey even though i think it's debatable if he's a winning player like i, I think it's debate bro you are a lottery team three out of the four years you in the league i don't give a fuck which stats is questions need to be asked john collins has been healthy we know john collins is a good player y'all are so frustrated he's untouchable so if he's good and trey is good why the hell are y'all the tennessee like Luca and bums is 50 wins a year, full stop. Like just real talk, Luke, I ain't gonna say bums. Luca and average NBA players are 50 wins a year and y'all fighting, fighting, fighting for their lives to be in the play and to hold on to that last playing spot. And the Knicks ain't even there. And then you look at assets to get better. Like no, the Knicks ain't got no assets. They'd only asset they got is they damn lottery pick because they stink the hawks got a little bit better assets but their best asset is their pending first round pick because they stink 
the, the only young players they got that ain't about to need to be paid, which removes their value, is DeAndre Hunter. And he's more injured than Chris South Porzingis. Cut the shit, bro. Y'all ain't on our level. Like, I, I will listen to the Suns fans. I will even listen to Raptors fans because they're a good organization and they've won championships. But you bums, nah, man. Y'all, y'all fight amongst each other. Y'all can't sit at our table. And that's all I got to say about it. You got anything else you want to touch on? No, that that was about it. All right. So thank y'all for listening to another episode of 21 Going On 77. This might end up being another two-parter. We lightweight be scamming the lessons when we break them up in two parts. But um, we appreciate y'all for listening to this. We appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Our little two-part episode that we dropped the beginning of this week is by far, I guess if you look at it as one episode, our best episode ever. If you look at it as one episode, episode one was our second best episode ever. However you want to look at it, I thank y'all for paying us attention. I am grateful. I appreciate it. Y'all might just be here to listen to my calls. That's cool. I I will be uh, the Derek Fisher to her Shaq and Kobe. I'm cool with it. I love it. I'm just appreciative that y'all listen to us. And um, we thank y'all yet again. Peace.